Hey, everybody, and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the Fangirl Radio Show. I am your host, Jessica Dwyer, and with me is my co-hostess with the most disposedness. That's something I haven't been told before, (laughs) but I'll take it. Hey, hey, what's good, everybody? Um, So welcome. We actually did a second episode in one month. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Oh, right? (laughs) I told you guys I was going to try and do this more often and actually do it on a schedule. So, yay for us. We actually right done. Two. That means we'll probably stop and not do another one for like five months. <laughs> but um, I welcome to Fangirl Radio. I am uh, super excited about this episode. I got to interview the amazing Richard Stanley. and. And if you have ever seen the documentary about Richard Stanley, uh, it is on, I believe Amazon actually has it on uh, still. And that uh, focuses on his his poor, sad, um, tragic uh, time as, as the temporary director of Island of Dr. Moreau. It's called Lost Soul, the doomed journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. Um, he uh, had some beautiful ideas for that, and that film will make you want to punch a wall. <laughs> I have to agree with that, yeah. If you've seen it. And uh, he is a, a wonderful character himself, and uh, even though the interview is only like 10 minutes long, it is so and so great. Um, I got to see The Color Out of Space, um, and it is amazing. It is beautiful tragic all hp lovecraft just a hundred percent lovecraft fantastic and it's beautiful it's 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 horribly beautiful like it's just wow um and there's just so much going on it's a slow burn of a movie just like lovecraft is a slow burn of a read but Mm. when it gets crazy batshit oh yeah there you go (laughs) <laughs> it, it is if you've seen if you've seen films based on lovecraft like uh reanimator from be especially from beyond from beyond's definitely a big big one um anything like any lovecraft you know when it gets it gets it gets it's it's crazy yeah so this is no different and nicholas cage is a fucking awesome oh man <laughs> Um, it is, it's beautiful. As I say, I can't even, I can't stress enough how beautiful it is. Um, and the metaphor is rich and deep. Um, and there's a, uh, just an, an equally beautiful story behind it. Um, we, we talk about it some in the interview. As I said, it's kind of a short one because he was doing press for this and I got him for a, a set amount of time, um, which he was sad about. He's like, I hate that. You hear him say it. I hate that, you know, because he's having to cut. Um, he's got a great South African accent too, which. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> yeah, I have not, I have not seen it yet, but on, uh, from what I can tell, from what I've seen on, on uh, my Facebook feed, the people who have had the chance to see it say it's amazing. It, it is, and it's probably going to be one of the top horror movies of the year. Um, mm-hmm. But one of the things that um, we – and I'm going to go over this. I'm going to do a video review of the film at, um, in the next day, couple days, but um, is the fact that uh, Lovecraft means a lot to Richard Stanley mm-hmm. because 
when his mother, um, his mother used to read it to him. His mom read him Lovecraft. That's kind of cool. And then here comes the part that's going to make you cry. Uh oh. When his mother was dying of cancer, um, she, I think it was a lymphoma type of thing, and it, it took 10 years for her to finally um, pass. He, he took care of her, and he read her the Lovecraft she read him. Oh. And uh, you'll see a tribute within this film to his mother throughout it. Oh wow! And um, I mean, it's it's definitely there um, within what happens to the characters and how this stuff changes them is definitely a metaphor for what happens with cancer. And yeah. even one of the characters in the film has cancer, and it was and it's the mother. Spoilers, um, but you know that that part of it isn't a ma- it, It's it actually when you see the film. I, I don't want to spoil it for people, but right. you know, bad things happen. <laughs> um, but uh, it's definitely there, and it's so emotionally resonant with all these characters. What happens to them, um, mm-hmm. and how this this force changes everyone, and how and what it manifests within them. It's so good. It's what. Lovecraft supposed to be and it's what really good horror is supposed to be and I want Richard Stanley to make a lot more things very cool well, I'm looking forward to seeing it yeah he's not done enough I mean this guy uh, he's been working since 1990 basically in on in feature film like mm-hmm. um with hardware you start with hardware it's kind of hard to go you know you know, even to top that, but he, right. you know, he did Dust Devil, he's done, um, you know, he almost got to do Island of Dr. Moreau, um, and uh, so, I mean, there's, he's got a wonderful repertoire behind him, but this is really just gorgeous. Nice. Even the poster for the film is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I keep seeing it popping up, too, and I'm like, that's just, it, I can't stop looking at it, because it's just, it kind of sucks me in. And the more I see that, I'm like, well, I'm looking forward to seeing the film because if it's as beautiful as just, you know, the promotional poster for it, I'm like, it's got to be amazing. It, it is absolutely breathtaking. And just the special effects and everything within it are great, too. So I think you guys are going to really, really love it. Um, so and it goes um, wide release, I believe. Janu- well, it's not going to be wide release. It's going to be on in theaters January 24th. Um, and then it will be uh, on digital um after that so january 24th limited release and then it will be on digital and uh, in february cool. so definitely um if you get forward to it get on the big screen do um it's one of those movies that just just god it it's so gorgeous and thank you elijah wood my fake husband for <laughs> keep, keep making these things available to us and i love it um spectra vision keeps pumping these puppies out and they are magic they're making some of the best or they're they're not making them they're producing them getting them out there and and they're um slowly becoming one of the best homes for horror out there right now thanks mm-hmm. to these guys knowing their stuff and i mean they Very did cool. yeah mandy and all of that came from SpectreVision. so thank you guys it's yeah. about time that we get things from people who know their shit 
Exactly. So I'm I'm excited about that, and I'm very thankful for that too because I'm tired of seeing all these shit movies. <laughs> I never really and so wasting my time. So, oh my god, dude! I'm like, I've watched my fill toward the end of last year. I'm like, I can't right now. I'm like, I can't watch another one. Fucking cannibal clowns and. Spooky kids that come out of nowhere for no reason. I'm just like, okay. Well, I've had my fill. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, these guys, in the, la- the last three films they have done were Mandy, Daniel Isn't Real, and Color Out of Space. See, and I like the first two. The first two were amazing. So, yeah. Yeah, and if you like... I hope, I, I've got high hope. Well, like I, like I said, if, if you love what I call that um, psychedelic, psychopathic, you're going to love Colors Out of Space. That's the new thing. Yeah. Um, so stay tuned at the end of this episode will be the interview with Richard Stanley and I hope you guys enjoy it. So let's do some breakdown. Um, weekend geek, uh, the news is out about star Trek Picard and I'm not happy with what I'm hearing and I kind of knew that it was going to be this, but I'm really, really pissed off and sad if this is what it's going to be. And I kind, I kind of thought, you know, that's, I thought this is where it was going to go. And it did. Um, so Star Trek Picard, from the interviews that um, that uh, Patrick Stewart has been giving and the, 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 the people that have seen the show, because it's getting ready to, it's coming out this month, that the first episode's going to hit um, CBS mm-hmm. All Access. They have, according to Patrick Stewart, the guy who stood up on stage at this lap, the first and only Star Trek con he's done. And he came out and was saying how, Oh, next generation saved the life of these fans. And we are a beacon for, um, I'm paraphrasing. I'm a, we're a beacon for, you know, rational thought and decency and blah, blah, blah. So now he's saying the world of the next generation is, is no more. And, um, basically, what they have done with Star Trek Picard after you've seen the previews you kind of like oh god he's doing some sort of thing where he goes off the rails as a you know he goes rogue um, they have turned the Federation which is supposed to be this and this is what I've read I haven't seen the first episode yet but the reactions and what I've read and what I've seen oh, shit um, <laughs> the the, the reaction <laughs> What has been said is they've turned the Federation, this this representation of, of decency and logic and, and fellow, you know, loving your fellow man. And we aren't warriors. We're explorers. That's what we're here to do. Um, you know, brotherhood in space. They have turned it into the Trump government. Yay. Like, we don't have enough of that already. Yeah. So they've turned it into the Trump government. And they are xenophobic now, which I'm trying to figure out how a, a, a group that <laughs> that's supposed to be all different races coming together. <laughs> that. Um, oh I've, I've watched some reaction videos. I've read the interview with with Patrick Stewart. The What they're describing is not something like they're 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 not these they're refusing refugee planets or some shit like that like it literally is them turning one of the bastions of 
you know, what we strive for in science fiction to be mm-hmm. into the Trump government. Yeah, are they going to be building like walls and shit to yeah, keep everything walls. off of their planet? Oh my god! So yeah, that that I totally see it happening. At this that point. all sounds like I'm giving that a hard pass then because yeah. I I still think it's funny uh, that um you know I I dubbed it. Uh, John Wick because it was him and his dog in that picture. That's still the best thing. My joke is the best thing <laughs> at this point. Um, but yeah, so I I don't know what I think of that. I'm going to watch the first episode to see if I'm wrong. Okay. But, but so far everything is pointing to that. They even have gone to the point where they're making this big deal about um, apparently somebody drops an F-bomb in this. Ooh, well, that's what I'm... Oh, no. I'm I'm all about that with Star Trek, you know, more cussing, because that went over so well when the thought that Quentin Tarantino was going to do a goddamn Star Trek movie, that was what the Star Trek fans were all about, right? Mm Mm-hmm. This Quentin Tarantino just shoving as much uh, in bombs and everything else he could into a, a Star Trek because that was what everybody thought was going to happen and they seem so thrilled with that uh, Trek fans that's what they're about um, yeah so no good luck Kurtzman I get to talk yeah. about you in a bit also again Uh-oh. yeah he's coming back up so uh, yeah I <sighs> I actually I actually called him out on Twitter um, <laughs> yeah, I, I have recently shut my Twitter down, so I'm missing all the fun. Apparently, um, I, I, I called him out on Twitter because they're posting all this stuff about because he's. You, you remember when Star Trek Discovery was coming, and we were all excited because Brian Fuller was part of it, and then he mm-hmm. left. Yeah, and, and it, it was just Kurtzman left. Uh huh. Become. <laughs> I don't know what it is now. Um, the only good thing in it is Doug Jones, um, which Doug, Doug, Doug Jones is the best thing in anything, really. Right. Uh, but, yeah. So, Discovery has become, I'm not sure what at this point, and neither do they know what they are. Um, Doesn't sound like it. Yeah. They they ran off um, the guy who played uh, uh Pike, who I really, really, really liked, um, mm-hmm. didn't want to have anything to do with it anymore. Um, so he took off, and Anson Mount, um, who I really love. Um, and then they also, if you didn't know, there was the whole lawsuit thing where they basically stole the entire the entire story idea of behind Discovery from this poor guy who created a video game um, about tardigrades to the point that... Oh. They- yeah, oh, yeah. So, I hadn't heard about that. There is a whole thing about that. Um, you should look that up if you don't know about it. He lost, surprise, to CBS, even though it's obvious that he, they stole the plot uh, from him. Um, but anyway, there's a whole thing about that. You can look it up. But um, so they ran off Brian Fuller. They ran off. Anson Mount, um, who I, I loved as Pike, he was great. Um, mm-hmm. They did this whole thing where they suddenly made, you know, they've created with 
with the lead character, what who Sinequa Martin Green plays, um, Michael Burnham, um, they they created. I, I wasn't. I was fine with this. You know, we find out that you know Spock has this extended hidden family. It wasn't the first time we find out about Cybok in that. Right. The, the Star Trek movie we don't talk about. Um, <laughs> we, we shared his pain. Um, and, you know, they made her Spock's adopted sister. And then there was all this weird backstory with the Fire Angel. That was the second season. And now I guess we're getting the third season. I don't know what's going on now. Anyway, that's that. There, there, there's Discovery. Discovery is kind of a mess at this point. As I said, the the best part of the show I, to give you an idea i'm sorry i'm going on around <laughs> the best to give <laughs> you an idea of star trek discovery they were so threatened by the fact that so many people and, and this is from me who i um the the show that um i'm hold on a minute i'm going to look this up seth mcfarland oh the oh the orville i'm sorry i didn't even have to look okay. it up it came into my brain so many, I, I watched the first episode of the Orville and hated it and apparently got mm-hmm. way better after that. But my God, it was really horrible. The first episode, I didn't know what it was, but I guess it came yeah. into its own and became Star Trek. Um, so all the Star Trek fans love the Orville mm-hmm. love it because it represents what Star Trek is supposed to be. Right. And so Discovery was so desperate that their first episode of the second season, they shoved all of this comedy into it so they could have it for the trailer. Oh, God. The sneezing, the sneezing alien. And it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> no, it's going to go with the dark shit, which is what you did with the mm-hmm. whole box modification and all of that um stick with it if that's what you're yeah. gonna do but you know find your voice you should have found your voice in the first season this is star trek you don't yeah on with it it's got a history much like doctor who what okay so <laughs> so so and they're fucking with doctor who but i'm not even going to talk about that i'm i'm so Uh-oh. done i'm done <laughs> Done. Well, that's like me with The Walking Dead. I I couldn't tell you anything about what's going on this last season. I haven't. I'm we like I said, we don't get AMC up here where we are, and I'm not going to pay to subscribe to something that I have heard is so subpar and just so fucking ridiculous. So I don't even. I'm not even. Oh my god. I've read something where they've declared Daryl Dixon is the Walking Dead, so fuck it, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Don't you? AMC only now, right? Exactly. Only that 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 is their character. That is their they own that character. They're not yep. letting him die. Um, I would, yeah. So anyway, back to back to this, back to Trek. So basically. Kurtzman now is making Star Trek Picard and uh, he's he's turning like the the bastion of decency and and rational thought Mm -hmm. into um, into the Trump government because they need to have they can't just 
write something that, you know, I, the thing is, uh, um, Patrick Stewart is like this executive producer on this. Mm-hmm. And his, he, you know, remember how great it was when he rode that dune buggy and, in, in, in um, what, what was the one your boyfriend? Uh, um, your, yeah, that I, I blocked that from my, my bald headed Tom Hardy. I can't <laughs> think of what it was. Was it? It was shit. What was it, it wasn't called? Was it, it wasn't, was it? No, that was the one before his erection was before that. Um, let me oh, pick. God that. damn it! Something Nemesis. I don't know. Nemesis. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, it was Nemesis, and that was the one where they had the weird wedding between Riker and and yeah, uh, and I. I think, and then they had the 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 weird dune buggy, and they basically ripped off the ending of Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, so Kurtzman, that's the guy. He he, you know, him and and Patrick Stewart have. Uh, Kurtzman didn't have anything to do with that. That that was that was Stewart having some power. Okay. And I'm Star Trek. Um, now the thing is, I've liked things that Robert Kurtzman has done. I I like right. the Apers, um, yeah, Star Trek. But but you know, like I like the the Star Trek that he but he co-wrote that with someone, and he wasn't directing it. Mm-hmm. And now um, he, you know, to give you an idea of like the last major motion picture that he did was Tom Cruise's The Mummy. No, can't <laughs> say I saw that. <laughs> so yeah and then oh that's interesting i didn't realize this um so one of the first major films that he did was the island remember that do you know that the island was a complete ripoff of a movie called clonus the parts horror really go look that up kids uh huh. the island was a complete and utter ripoff that was that movie with scarlett johansson and ewan mcgregor Remember okay. that he played the clones? Vaguely. <laughs> so he he wrote that. He was one of the writers. He actually co-wrote that with a couple of people, but he wrote it. And that movie was a ripoff of a um like 1980s, late 70s film, feature film called Clonus the Parts Tar, where the clones found out they're clones that they lived on an island for rich people to get parts from. That's right. the your plot of the island. So well, something tells me that I'd rather see the original movie than anything with Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> and, uh, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, and, and yeah, and yeah, this is the guy that that did Amazing Spider-Man too. <sighs> Isn't it a shame what we find out? <laughs> yeah. It's depressing. It's I tell you, the start of this year is just fucking depressing with for so oh. many fucking oh. reasons. Okay, Dude. so uh, so yeah, I'm not I'm not holding my breath for Picard. Um, I will watch the first episode because I will be fair, and I will leave that up to you. Because... <laughs> I, will be, I will be fair because I will I I, I will be fair now. Something interesting here. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Um, we're coming back to. Uh, you know, I kind of don't want to talk about him anymore, but because I'm sad. But um, but we'll we'll talk about Alex Kurtzman a little bit more here. And interestingly enough, this is really interesting to me. Okay. So we all know Brian Fuller, and we worship at the feet of Brian Fuller because Brian Fuller is amazing. 
mm-hmm. Brian mm-hmm. Fuller gave us the first season of American Gods, which has now for itself. Um, yeah. Uh, with what they did to Orlando Jones and just basically everything. Um, they ran off the two guys, Michael Green and uh, who created that fucking great first season. Um, mm-hmm. So one thing that we know that I love with every fiber of my being and my entire heart is Hannibal. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Brian Fuller. Yes. Thank you for that. Thank you, Mads Mickelson. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, so interestingly enough, we know that Brian Fuller is hard. He's trying to get a fourth season of Hannibal and that it, that it would be the silence of the lambs. So here we go. CBS announced today as of this recording, they are going to do a series called Clarice. Mm-hmm. That I is a something about this. That is a sequel to Silence of the Lambs. And guess who will be writing and executive producing it? Give you. Is it Brian Fuller? It's not Brian Fuller. It is not Brian Fuller. It is Alex Kurtzman. Oh, God. And Lumet, who worked on The Mummy with him. God damn it. So it's going to be a period piece set in 1993, the year that I graduated high school. Um, I'm old. And. yeah, it's going to be set after Silence of the Lambs. It's not, it does not, it's most likely not going to have Hannibal Lecter in it. And the reason I, is, I believe, the rights issues are there. I don't know that Hannibal would no. be in it. Um, it would be cool I, if he would be, but yeah. <laughs> and I also don't think, I don't know, Mads, Mads loves, I don't know if he would work with anybody but him. Mm-hmm. Um, cause he can be that choosy cause he's Mads Mikkelsen and he knows yeah, shit. Of course. Um, yeah, exactly. I've, 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 be, I've, I've been his setter for a show and I know how he's no bullshit <laughs> and, it's, and he likes beer. Um, so <laughs> he's awesome. But yeah, so, uh, yeah, the, they don't have a Clarice yet. I know that Fuller wanted to get, um, uh, oh God, what's her name? Shit. I'm, I'm horrible. Juno, she played Juno. It's in the air today. I don't know. God, I'm so horrible. <laughs> horrible person. Um, not Diablo Cody. She directed it. God. Ellen Page. Thank you, Internet. Oh. <laughs> God, I'm so, I, I, I have Alzheimer's now. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> anyway, Ellen Page. And actually, Ellen Page, I think, would have done it with Brian Fuller. He wanted mm-hmm. her to be Darling, which is great. Great casting. We yeah. have no idea who they're going to get for this. It might be Kristen Stewart. <laughs> who knows? I'll go. I'll go cut my wrist. It's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I was gonna say as long as it's not Gwyneth Paltrow on her seventy-five dollar fucking vag candle. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I don't yeah. understand. It's, and it's sold it really out. Happened. It really was real. <laughs> I had to read that article to see if it was a legit story because I'm like, no, that can't be real. 
people her goopy vagina fucking scented candle $75 this is all Barb's fault the the poster is her in a vagina in the vagina it's a picture of hers you know it has to be but if it's that big, I'm surprised Chris Martin didn't die. Dude, maybe that's why she can't hold. Oh I don't know. That. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. That is one chick I just don't get. I cannot stand her for anything. I can tell you right here, I was so pissed. She's like the reason I I couldn't watch. You know, like I want to go back and enjoy Iron Man. I can't no, stand. Not with her. She's she's one of those actresses. I can't separate her from who no. she is because no, she and I, and, and I I hate her. She's she's milking these women dry mm-hmm. on on this crap. They already got sued once because of it. And if you want to, okay, okay, guys, if you actually listen to the show, do a favor to yourself. Go find a guy named John Tron on YouTube. You probably already watch him. He's freaking hilarious. <laughs> but he did a whole episode of his sh- of his show, and I think at this point about goop. And Ugh. he went outside their offices with a fake snake oil um, uh, uh, wagon and nice. filmed himself selling it in front of the goop offices. Awesome. And it was real. Like it, you could see the people were really pissed inside the building that he was Good. doing. But I mean, that. it calls out their their crap. Yeah. And people, Vice does a thing about it too. It, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how. So here's the thing, okay? Comic Con when they announced Iron Man, okay? Mm-hmm. I was there, and. They made this big deal about Gwyneth Paltrow having hurt her ankle, and they brought Aww. her out stage. And her hurt ankle must have not been so bad because she was wearing platform freaking stiletto heels when she walked out. And the bat didn't fall, and the heel just didn't go right up her ass. <laughs> but she, who knows? God, she Look, it's the new goop ass heel. It heals you. It heals you. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, later on, I snuck up into the magic land of where all the celebrities are. Long uh-huh. story, I'll tell you someday. And I got up there, and I saw her standing there with her hand on her hip, looking up to the sky as literally six different people were working on different parts of her body to get her prepared to sit in a round table with j- journalists. Okay. And I'm like, wait a minute, you're literally going to be sitting in a round table with schlubs like me, and you're having six separate stylists on top of you right, right now? Because let me tell you, honey, it ain't going to help. Right? She's, I hate her. I have and, 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 you never know, enjoyed it, her. I, I, there's no... I don't know what you think they're doing to you, but you huh. look the same no matter right. what. Exactly. And, and I I really would rather have had Amy Adams be Pepper Potts than her. Mm-hmm. I think she's a 
been a way better, uh, you know, I, lo- I like her as Lois, but she would yeah. have been a fantastic Pepper Potts. Or, I don't, you know, I, I, I just, I just. I just don't understand the casting choice. It's by, she's by casting. That's why. That's why they're tight. And I don't get it. Um, Downey is hilarious. He he's a he's hilarious. He was he didn't give two shits. What he you know he was all Tony Stark out. Yeah. He didn't people on top of him, and right. um, he was great. Um, but yeah, I don't. I and here's how much she cares about those movies. She couldn't even tell you which one she was in. Right. She couldn't tell you who Tom Holland was. I saw that. She was like, "Oh, I was in Spider Man with you, really? Yeah. What?" Uh, that that that's that's how elite she has gotten. Oh, she you know? didn't even want to uh, acknowledge Tom Holland by name either, did she? Didn't she call I, him I, like I, that kid or something? Yeah, I, I I I don't know. I I'm sorry. Tom Holland's like eighty times more talented than you. Yes, and a hundred times more of a woman. Him, Rihanna. <laughs> oh my god, dude, that and, brings up the old lady in me every fucking time. Too many times. Yes. Um, so yeah, I know I don't like you, Gwyneth Paltrow, and it's no. I'm sorry. I, I wish my you know, husband used to think she, <laughs> but when her head got in that damn box, I was so <laughs> fucking happy. <laughs> I watched that scene just for that. Or or if you really, really want to be like vindictive bitches like we are, um, <laughs> that Outbreak movie, it's not Outbreak, what was it? Infection <gasps> called where she oh. has to get her brain drilled into. Yeah, yeah. It's like that and stop after it's over. It, that, that scene's all you need. That's all oh you need. Um, anyway, goop that. <laughs> um, yeah, we're horrible people and we have no filter and we don't give a shit. No, we don't. Not especially when it comes to that bitch because she just needs to fall off the fucking planet. Oh, God. Um, so let's talk about something happy. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> we're going to talk about Morbius. Yay. Um, and, 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 and Barb is going to be happy because the rumor is that he's going to team up with venom mm. and and i i don't i that's porn that's just I, porn. yeah i got no complaints about that that is not sad. a one <laughs> um, i do have a complaint about those everybody getting on the let's fuck with jared leto because he sucked his joker he's gonna fuck morbius up which know, i <laughs> he's not yeah. and i'm here's the thing when I first saw Jared Leto's Joker images, I wasn't a fan. I didn't know what they were doing. And then I ended up liking his Joker. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you why. Jared Leto put his heart and soul into that shit. Yeah. And not only that, but you can't... The thing is, you can't duplicate. You can't try to be Heath Ledger. You just can't. No. You can't try to be... Um, Jack Nicholson? You no. can't. So is he created a Joker that fit the, the world that that was taking place in, and it fit mm-hmm. that Harley Quinn. Right. I don't see anybody giving Margot Robbie shit about her weirdly tatted up, you know. You know, they, they, they liked it. 
and the comic book followed it. And his Joker was a cool fuck. Yeah, he was awesome. And if you watch yeah. those extra extended scenes and you look at some of the shit that's going on in there, there's some dark crap. Right. And, and now they're basically pissing all over him. I with, know. With, and with, it's not fair because if you've seen his, any of his other work, Requiem for a Dream, okay, that's like one of my most favorite movies ever. And, you know, that, or uh, Club. Yes. He's a, good, he's a great actor. Yeah. And he's and a good just actor. because of one role that people, yeah. But, you know, people, again, it goes back to people getting pissy over Ghostbusters and anything that has a little bit of a tweak to it, they just want to jump right on. And they they don't want to let go. They don't want to give shit a chance. No. And they're, you know, and, and it makes me mad because it's like you might be missing on something fantastic because you're, you're shitting all over this, this version of something that you're used to, you know, and it's, it's fucking, it's ridiculous. Yeah. People are I, so afraid of change. And that's, that's the biggest problem with the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Nobody likes change. They've got this, 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 like this fucking bear hug on their nostalgia, which is fine. You know, there's shit that I I love back from when I was a kid. But if, if I give things a, a chance, if they're different, and, you know, nine times out of ten, I'm like, well, that's a cool twist on it. You know, there are things I don't like that have been tweaked about things from my childhood and whatnot, or movies that I've grown up with. But you know what? I watch it, I don't like it, and I move on. I don't sit there, and I don't harp on it. Right. Um, and, like, well... I'm and, just like, and, yeah, you know... Well, and that goes into the Ghostbusters thing that we were going to talk about, and we can we can touch on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Ghost, the fi- all female Ghostbusters was not good. Right, it sucked, and it wasn't the fact that it was all women. It just sucked. Just, yeah, and so we released this new trailer that is a basically it it's gonna mail it's gonna fix it it's fixing what happened. Mm-hmm. And it's giving nods to the people and the things that help create Ghostbusters. It's got a beautiful, beautiful trailer that just has Harold Ramis all over it. And it oh, made yeah. me cry. And guess what? what? The lead character that is the focus of the goddamn movie is a girl. Don't say that. <laughs> but not a know, girl. Not a girl. Well, but guess what? What? All these girls are pissed because how dare you make this movie that disregards women? Oh, let me but, grab a tissue. But but the lead character is a girl. Oh, I don't so it's automatically suck. I God well, I, I don't understand the angry, angry people pissed. About this film, who has a lead that's a girl, and mm-hmm. yet you're pissed because it's not referencing that, that movie that was horrible. Yeah, that no one really liked, <laughs> and 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 even you know people have been like, yeah, that's this wasn't good. And now you've got the actual. If you if you like Ghostbusters, yeah, 
this movie is being directed and it's written by the kid of the man who made the original. Exactly. It's got the entire original cast coming back that's alive. And the first trailer shows you that it is homaging and all about the family of the guy who died that was one of the lead characters in the first movie. Mm. And his granddaughter is the main character. Oh, people have to find a way, Jessica. They got and the, and then the, the best moan. part. Though, the best part, though, this Ghostbusters is ripping off Stranger Things. Oh my God! That that happened. <sighs> that happened. I just have I have no fucking words. I don't I don't have words for that. And here's the thing, I interviewed Finn Wolfhard who is in Stranger Things and he is in the new Ghostbusters. He is mm-hmm. so excited about this movie and he wanted I was supposed to be talking to him about The Turning which is coming out um in like a few couple weeks. But he uh, wants to talk about the Ghostbusters trailer. And aww. and he was so excited and I told him I'm like I cried, man. You made me cry with this this is beautiful and of course that had to be ruined because righteous indignation we aren't respecting women enough and yet you assholes the lead is a girl Mm -hmm. it's a focus on a young girl who is the granddaughter of one of the smartest characters in ghostbusters what the exactly what, yeah, uh. what, 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 what do you need? What do you need, people? You righteous, righteous people who accuse me of hating women because I didn't like the Ghostbusters movie that sucked. What is wrong with you? I don't pick, know anybody that pick fucking your liked battle. that movie, though. Pick, pick your battle. Exactly. It's, That's the whole thing. Nobody can. <laughs> it's like they want to, I don't I don't know I, I give up I give up on people I I just don't I some people just have to bitch about something nothing will ever fucking please them so fuck them I don't they can don't. sit at home and they can they need to get on their Netflix I, I, or whatever and sit and there and bitch happy. themselves let, let let us talk about the leaked picture <sighs> the leaked picture of Michael Morpheus <laughs> <laughs> And um, we should be getting the trailer because it's going to be for some god awful reason attached to Bad Boys for Life. Oh um, God! I don't. And no one's. No one's bashing. Who asked? Mark, yeah, no one's nobody's bashing, bashing that shit. Bash shit out of it. Who well, asked for that? <laughs> no one's mar- bashing Martin Lawrence for looking like he he um actually like m- melded into one with his big mama's house suit in this. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, but you know, if it was a woman, they would be. I'm, 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 I'm exactly. trying to put that out. That is a true and fact that that yeah. would be going on. They should have just dressed him up like Medea <laughs> and called him like Tyler Perry Jr. or some shit. I don't oh, know. God. Anyway, I bet. Well, I'm gonna bash on Will Smith for being Will Smith because I'm not a Will Smith fan. So he just pisses me off with whatever he does. I, I, no one asked for this. It doesn't look funny to me. No. Um, but whatever. It's gonna have the Morbius trailer but for some reason it's like Will Smith yeah. and a vampire yeah they go oh. hand in hand 
now I may need to be up early because according to the darkhorizons.com, we may actually get the trailer by itself as early as 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time tomorrow. Oh. This recording. And if, if, if that happens, I'm going to be up at 6 a.m. to see the uh, yeah. Um, but, oh my God, the, 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 the part we see of him, it looks like he walked out of the comic. Mm-hmm. And Jared Leto has something to prove with this. Because Leto has been rumored to have been, you know, up for, like, uh, the Vampire Chronicles. They wanted him yeah. to be, like, Lestat, which I would have yeah, been Yeah, yeah, okay. I remember that. Yeah. Um, so, but he is really about this. And he looks amazing. I have all the, I have all, all the faith in him. And Morbius, mm-hmm. that's something. Because Morbius is, like, one of my favorite, favorite characters of comics. Right. I love Michael Morbius, and I've been jonesing ever since Blade happened for this to mm-hmm. be. And we could legit, at this point, get a Midnight Suns movie. Because you've be got cool. Ghost Rider now, you've got Blade coming back, you've got right. Michael Morbius, and um, he is probably going to be teaming up with Venom Yeesh. to take on Carnage. Mm. That That's kind of a rumor got, that's... Yeah. And I am ready for that porn. Oh, um, tell me. I'm just like, huh, huh. I might have to run out the theater and just watch it by myself. <laughs> she needs alone time, alone time. I sit there with a the big bucket of popcorn <laughs> on my lap and nobody knows what I'm doing. Stop looking at me. Ooh. <laughs> this is great butter. <laughs> Don't you? Exactly. We're not right. Um, oh, my God. Um, if you are this week, we will be getting that trailer and, uh, just be prepared. Cause I think it's going to be amazing. Yes. Um, really quickly. Cause, uh, we have been talking for a very long time. Um, and we got to get to this interview. Cause I know that's what the real reason anybody is listening to this. Cause <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, last thing I wanted to tell everyone was as of today, um, or actually this weekend, it was announced that the sci-fi channel is randomly making a Chucky TV series based on child play. And it's going to be um, from Don Mancini, the guy who actually did the original film. And uh, so, or, or actually wrote the original film. So we're going to be getting a Chucky TV series. I'm on the fence about it. I am out very much. I, I really like the new child's play that had uh, Mark Hamill as Chucky. I yeah. don't know how they're going to do this, but what? here's the synopsis. Chucky will explore the horror that unfolds in a small, idyllic American town after a vintage Chucky doll, which means it's going to be the original Chucky, um, turns mm-hmm. up at a suburban yard sale and the chaos that ensues when as a that and the chaos this is a badly written synopsis Ugh. um the chaos ensues <laughs> when as a series of murders exposes the town's hypocrisies and secrets meanwhile the arrival of enemies and allies from chucky's no, past okay. which means probably tiffany um no. from chucky's threatens to expose the truth behind the slains as well as the doll's untold origins mancini will pin the script executive produce and serve as showrunner and direct the pilot so it may actually oh, tie nice. into um the cult of chucky and all of those sequels that we've been getting which are fantastic but i'm yeah. not sure how this is going to play out in a tv series format it's going to be interesting so we'll see that you're most likely going to get 
uh, Jennifer Tilly in there. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, maybe Brad Dorough, maybe Brad, Brad will probably be doing the voice. And then um, uh, uh, Brad's daughter, who has become he actually yeah. Carl Ray <laughs> now, if you spoiler. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about Fiona being in it, too. Hopefully we'll see. So just be aware of that. So the with only that, thing I don't like is that it's on sci-fi. So if it <laughs> turns out to be a good, a really good show, they're going to cancel it after like the first well, season, like they do with everything else. I'm surprised that it's not on Shutter, but they may not have had the budget for it. Who knows? Also, yeah. also sci-fi is owned by Universal, and Universal yeah. is, is the peeps behind Chucky. So we'll see. Well, with that. Guys, um, we're going to get to our Richard Stanley interview. I want to thank you for listening to us be insane again um, anymore. We don't care. We're old. Um, so, yeah, um, here comes Richard Stanley. Barb, I want to thank you for being a lunatic with me. Well, thank you, as always. Always and, have a great time with you. <laughs> and we will see you next week on uh, Fangirl Radio. Here comes Richard yeah. Stanley. Yeah, guys. See ya. Bye. Oh, hi, Richard. How are you? Hey, Hans, thanks for calling. Oh, thank you so much. And, and I have a lot to pick your brain over, and I have very little time, but my God, that movie was amazing. That's what they say, so let's do it. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. That is- well, you're so welcome. Um, so first off, um, the, why the color out of space? Why, why that particular story? Well, H.P. Lovecraft's favorite story of his own work and um, it's also probably the easiest of the Lovecraft stories to adapt, given that it's set on a single farm involves a single family, and isn't set on at the bottom of the ocean or in Antarctica or on another planet or something. <laughs> so all of the Lovecraft stories, I thought, okay, maybe we've got an odds-on chance of actually doing this justice. And I was keen to attack one of the, um, the central stories, one of the one of the core canon of, the, of his work. Well, and and one that's one thing I wanted to ask you about was Lovecraft's work is so beyond a level of so many people. How do you go about adapting something like this, especially, you know, you moved it to modern times. What was the process like for you? What did you want to make sure was included? And what did you have to, like, really wrap your head around to to get to be able to be on screen? Well, as a Lovecraft fan, I've been deeply disappointed by the lack of um, decent adaptations of the main stories. So the one thing I wanted to do was to make certain we turned in something which was a, a reasonable representative of the original tale. I wanted to make certain we hit all the um, the main narrative points. And at the same time, I wanted to make the, um, the threat um, cogent again. I wanted to make it relevant. And the only way to do that was to really drag it out of its period setting. The original story was written in 1926, and um, I didn't want it to seem cute or um, quaint. I've got a, a plush Cthulhu doll I speak with upstairs at night, and it's awfully cuddly, but um, I didn't want Cthulhu himself to come across as in any ways um, quite cute or cuddly, so I thought the, the one thing we'd have to do was to move it into the present era and to try and make the um, the old ones into... Um, into a clear and present danger for um, the generation today and to come. Gotcha. And I, I also have a plushy Cthulhu, so I understand your love. Um, yes. 
So the visuals of this. Yeah, I to make the man dangerous again, more imposing. Oh yeah, definitely. I I, I know. I, there's so many little dolls, and I own most of them. But yes, he needs to be terrifying again, and you definitely did that with this film. And and but what you also did was you made this so beautiful. It was beautifully horrifying. I guess that's the best description of it. Can you talk about how you designed this? Because it really is gloriously beautiful. Well, I find Lovecraft's text has a similar quality, that he's a, a, a beautiful writer who gives us stunning um, descriptions of the, the landscapes and the world that he's actually um, involved in, but it's also um, totally terrifying. So... Um, that was always part of the brief. I wanted to give it a, a suitably poetic, elegiac um, feel. And um, I really have a minimum standard for, of technical excellence for anything I shoot. Whatever the heck it is, I always wanted it to be beautiful. I think um, Dario Argento was the person who um, taught me that um, beauty knows no morality. Uh, even the most terrible, awful, and sadistic things can be um, extremely beautiful. Um, murder can be a form of art. And, um, the end of the world undoubtedly will um, take place under conditions of um, of cosmic splendor and beauty um, um, tantamount and similar to the conditions under which the world was created. So I thought, okay, that makes certain that this apocalyptic nightmare is um, is mesmerizingly beautiful and um, displays all the um, the otherworldly colors that you might expect. Was, it was glorious. I, the ending was just amazing. One thing I wanted to, I know I'm, I'm, we're getting close to my cutoff time here, but I had to ask about a couple of, I, well, especially because I love picking your brain because it's fascinating, but within this film, you've got a couple of layers I wanted to ask you about specifically that at least I, I, I may be making these up, but I saw them is one thing is, it really, you, you talk about cancer in this, and I've survived cancer twice, and, it, and anytime I see that in a film, so uh, oh, well, I, yeah. I made it, so that was good. Um, but w- within the film, you, you have one character um, recuperating from it, but also the fact that it's almost like how this, this infection happens is like cancer and how it turns nature against itself in a way, but it's also a natural progression because it uses the, the, the livestock, it uses the, the um, plants to take over. Can you, was that something that you, you, you saw within this that you wanted to kind of convey? Um, definitely. Um, I mean, I think a lot of commentators have said that um, the original story itself echoes um, ideas of radioactive contamination and cancer, even in 1926. Um, for me, it's because um, Lovecraft was my mother's favorite author. Um, she read me her, her stories when I was a child. And, um, I then had to um, go through um, nursing my mother through 10 years of, um, of lymphoma. Um, she died very slowly of cancer. Um, um, that process of watching your loved ones shrink away from you and gradually change into something which is unrecognizable from um, the people they were and the way that it affects both your um, your body and your your psychology was something that um, I wanted to get at. I was um, I wanted to start a dialogue with Lovecraft because he's such an inhuman writer and has so little feeling for his characters. I thought the um, 
the best way I could connect to that was to, uh, to imagine putting my own family in harm's way. So imagine what if it was my own mother, what if it was my own siblings or my, my own nephew who were involved. Uh, to um, close that circle on her deathbed, um, I ended up going uh, pretty much full circle and reading my mother, um, H.P. Lovecraft, uh, as she was dying. Um, was one of the few authors that um, she was really able to connect with. So one of the last things I did was read her um, The Dream Quest for Unknown Kadath, one of um, Lovecraft's lighter novellas. Wow. So that was, yeah, always part of the, um, the fabric of the movie. That's amazing. So my last question is sort of on that same level, which is, and I'm trying not to spoil anything in this film, but the effects and the changes that happen to the characters almost seems like you're manifesting their own fears in one way. Um, was that something that you were trying to do there with, with, for example, with Nicolas Cage's character, who, by the way, was amazing in this? Um, was that something that you were wanting to, to convey was that they were basically living out their fears, that that's what this was kind of bringing to the surface? That's certainly an element of it, and the, the, among those fears, one of the principal ones is the idea of the family being reabsorbed into itself. You get that sense when you're a young adult that unless you can get the hell out and get away from your mother and father, that they somehow are going to reassimilate you back into the family unit, that they brought you into this world and they could take you out of it as well. Um, with the parents, I like the idea that they were gradually becoming their own their own parents. Nick is starting to become his father. And in the um, latter half of the movie, his performance is a, a bizarre fusion of um, a caricature of his own dad, of August Kabbalah, and um, some aspects of, um, of President Trump. A paternalistic um, <laughs> thing started creeping into the second half of the movie, which um, abused me. And, uh, for my sins, I encouraged him. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, Richard, thank you so much for taking the time to talk. And this was fantastic. Uh, the film was beautiful, and it truly is a, you know, what you did was definitely I could see the the love now that I know the full story there and how you've used this to as kind of a love letter to your mother. This was beautiful. Yeah, I mean, in real life, I kind of uh, imprint onto the character of Jack, the little boy who deals with his trauma by drawing crayon monsters the whole time which is how I spent much of my childhood. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, sir. I really appreciate you taking the time, and this was fantastic, and I wish you so much more success. Oh, thank you. Great questions. Thank you, sir.